Welcome to the Kick Bump Kick Pod, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. Hello, guys. You might be thinking to yourself, why is the Kick Pod out on a Monday and where's Lawsy? <laughs> so I'm very excited to announce that this isn't just a once off. Don't worry. <laughs> Our Kick Pod Wednesday episodes will still be releasing every Wednesday and Lawsy will be there. But this is a new fortnightly episode dedicated to all things motherhood. So throughout the Kick Bump series, which is what we're going to call it, I'll be speaking with some pretty amazing experts and also some friends and family members to have some really raw and real, maybe even sometimes controversial conversations about pregnancy and beyond. As I mentioned, don't worry, Lawsy and I will still be here every Wednesday, but these Kick Bump episodes are a special edition Motherhood is obviously a really big aspect of my life right now. Um, I feel like I can't talk enough about it, but that's because it's taking up a lot of my time. Um, And I feel like I'm learning things every single day. I feel like that is what parenting is all about. You know, failing, making mistakes, learning as you go, winging it (laughs) a lot of the time, but also reaching out for help. And through Keep a Cleaner, through Kick Bump, we have got a kick bump Facebook community. And in that community, I have found myself a virtual mothers group that I absolutely love. There are so many encouraging um, and incredible women in that community. And honestly, I can't thank you guys enough for being so supportive of one another. And I've already learned a bunch of tips and tricks or, you know, had been recommended some pretty amazing products through being in that community. This kick pod will go over things like that, tips and trips from other mums. Um, Obviously, we'll have some professionals on to educate you and you can just listen to these episodes and take what you want because there's one thing I know as a mum, what comes with that is a whole lot of unsolicited or, you know, wanted or warranted advice. And I think it's really important to educate yourself and to reach out if you ever need help or to learn and listen, but you just got to work out what works for you. You do you, boo. Um, And I'm just really excited to be on this ride with you and talk about all the craziness of mum life. And for those of you who haven't heard about our kick bump program and not sure what I'm talking about, Keep It Cleaner has a pre and postnatal Pilates program. So within the app, it's not a separate program that you have to sign up for. You can just sign up to kick, but within the app, we have kick bump. So you've got, if you are pregnant, you've got some um, Pilates to follow that is all been approved by a physio. Of course, we definitely recommend getting clearance from your own personal health professionals like your doctor um, before following it, but they are safe, pregnancy safe Pilates workouts. I followed them when I was pregnant and absolutely loved them. I was lucky enough to stay quite active in my pregnancy, but definitely towards the end, I really did need to dial it back to Pilates-based and physio-based kind of exercises. So kick bump was perfect. Um, And then the post part part of kick bump is all about recovery. So it's about working back up your um, core and your pelvic floor strength before getting back into kick exercises. So it's not a bounce back program. We are absolutely not about bounce back culture here at kick, but it is for those of you who are really keen to get back into exercise, but want to get back into it nice and slowly and work your way up to it and make sure that you don't, you know, get into things too quickly and 
mess up your bits downstairs from, from not kind of training them and, and letting yourself recover first. So that is our program. We are so excited about it. I was personally obviously incredibly excited about launching it because I got to follow up when I was pregnant and then also get to use it postpartum. So it was perfect, particularly throughout lockdown um, when I couldn't actually go and visit visit my physio. Um, so I hope you guys have been enjoying that program um, or if you're listening and you have a friend who's been looking for something similar, you can recommend our program. Now for these episodes, I might as well start to get into it. Um, like we do on our Wednesday episodes, if you are an avid kick listener I'll be sharing a bit of a special share this time it'll be especially for us mums and parents um I mean I have done that a few times on the kick pod um but that's okay and I'll also give you a bit of an update on Harvey maybe give you a bit of a high low of the week or a bit of a mum moment and what I would love from you guys is much like we do on the kick pod episodes where Laura and I answer a DNM instead of answering a DNM I would love to kind of kick off every kick bump episode um, with a bit of a mum moment sharing a mum moment from you guys so if you could email podcast at keepercleaner.com.au and email you your mum, email me your mum moments, little stories where you had a little bit of giggle at yourself or a big learning. I would love to share them because if there's one thing I know about motherhood is that it's all about, you know, making funny mistakes and learning from them or making them multiple times because we're so sleep deprived and that's life. (laughs) So I think I might as well kick off a mum moment uh, of my own and that would be if you didn't watch my day in the life on my IGTV, straight after feeding Harvey, um, both breast milk, like a really, really big morning feed of breast milk and then even some like banana and rice cereal. He was so good. He was eating so much and I was so proud and so happy of how much he was consuming. And then literally a minute later, I decided to take him upstairs and read to him. And so I put him on his belly and did tummy time. I would say maybe five minutes after a full feed. Now that's that's not you just don't do that because <laughs> as you can imagine, even as an adult, if you put that much pressure on your stomach straight after eating, that can't be comfortable. So he did possibly one of the biggest spews he has ever done, and it was just full of all the goodness that he'd consumed that morning. And yeah, I just felt like a bit of a failure and I wanted to bring it up because it sounds so funny and like laughable when I think back to it because it's such a small mistake and like really honestly it's really not the end of the world but when it happened I felt horrible and I caught it on camera because I was filming for the IGTV and I was I was honestly contemplating not putting it in because I was like people are going to judge me like how stupid of me I'm going to look like a bad mum like how silly is that anyway so I decided to keep it in the IGTV um and again that's what this podcast is about I don't want anyone listening to this podcast thinking it there's only one way to parent or you know that you're a bad mum in any way if you make little mistakes or slip-ups um honestly it's just about keeping them alive and making sure that they're loved that is the most important thing ever. Um, so that is my little mum moment. Um, I My update on Harvey, basically at the moment we are weaning him. So I'm definitely wanting to continue my breastfeeding journey for as long as possible. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun introducing solids. So at the moment I'm kind of doing both baby led weaning and 
kind of puree. So I had no idea what baby led weaning is, by the way. I just kind of let that roll out of my mouth as if I know what I'm talking about. But I really had no idea what that even meant until I started feeding him solids and then someone messaged me and said, have you thought about baby led weaning? And I was like, cool, I'll Google that because I have no idea what you're talking about. And basically, I'm not going to explain this right because I'm still learning, but basically it's when you're you're giving the baby um, food to, sh- to feed themselves kind of. So it, it kind of teaches them to obviously hand-eye coordination, work on their motor skills, put things in their mouth and, and kind of eat and work that out for themselves as opposed to spoon feeding them. So at the moment with Harvey, we're doing a bit of both. So I'm kind of starting each meal time with a little bit of either pureed vegetables or like a rice cereal and banana. And he'll have a good, you know, a couple of mouthfuls of that. And then I'll give him something to kind of chew or suck on. He hasn't got teeth yet. So definitely just gnaw on. Um, that could be like a mango pip, some avocado or like a baked apple, um, half a banana, those kind of things. And he just kind of sucks away at it. And then, cause he doesn't really consume much of it when he's doing that. So what I found when I was just doing that was like, sure, I was working on his motor skills and everything, but he wasn't actually eating anything. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm kind of doing both and that's working for us. And I've noticed that ever since I've started introducing food, especially the days where he, you know, he actually does consume quite a bit of solid foods and purees. Um, he sleeps through now and it's changed my life. The other day he slept literally 6.30 till 6.30 and I could have cried. And it was after a couple of days where he was waking up pretty early. Um, and that early, early wake up at like five was really throwing off the rest of his day. So yeah, <laughs> that wasn't that fun. Um, but yeah, I'm just so happy that he's sleeping through. It is the best I can't tell you what a difference it has made for Josh and I to know that now when we put Harvey down, he stays down. And I mean, obviously I know that things are going to change. He's going to go through different development stages or teething and all these different things are going to come up, but I am just enjoying it while it lasts because right now it's good. So I'm trying not to think too much about what's ahead of us. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, before I get into today's episode with a very special guest, I have a special share and my special share is the Wonky Donkey book. So this is a children's book and one of my best mates, Hayley, who lives over in New Zealand, she sent me this book. This was a present from her when Harvey was born um, because her bub Darcy loves the Wonky Donkey book. And I was really excited to read it to Harvey, just knowing that there was already that kind of friendship, emotional connection to it. And I enjoy reading this book so much that it is both mine and Harvey's favourite book to read. He enjoys it. He has a lot of fun. The character, you know, illustrations are really beautiful and funny, but it is just a really enjoyable read. There's a lot of rhyming and I don't want to give too much away. Anyway, it's a really beautiful book. Um, So if you're looking to, yeah, stock up on some baby books for your baby's bookshelf, I highly recommend the Wonky Donkey book. Now, for today's special guest, we thought we would kick off, well, I thought I would kick off the Kick Bump series with a a very, very inspirational mum in my life. And that is my mum. So my mum, Wendy, is my guest today. And it was so special getting to chat to mum because whilst I've definitely heard, you know, I've heard her birth stories before and I've heard different bits and bobs about her being a mum to us, me and my brother Murray, before, it was just nice to kind of 
I don't know, ask her maybe deeper questions and um, just see her smile as she reflect on her motherhood. And we just thought it was quite interesting. We touched on kind of how motherhood is or parenting is different these days to how it was back then and what kind of sleep aids, if any, or, you know, gidgets and everything um, did she use back in the day, Um, any funny funny memories she has or um, her pregnancy journey, all of that sort of stuff. And now I will say... (laughs) disclaimer um no not disclaimer but warning if you you know aren't really a fan of your birth stories and you may not have had the best time and tend to envy those who had a good birth story or a you know easy breezy one um you might want to skip past mums (laughs) because she honestly had the dream birth story so yeah she she does go into it but it doesn't take her long to explain it and you'll see why um but yeah I even ask her how I was as a baby and also you know pieces of advice that have actually genuinely helped her and not the unsolicited advice so I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it I'm so excited about the kick bump kick pod and I hope you guys are too so here's mum Welcome, Mum. Thank you. <laughs> How are you I'm, going? I'm good, thank you. That's good. Thanks for being my first guest. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, so what I want to do with this kick pod, kick bump, kick pod, is start off every one of my interviews with a funny mum moment. So think back to maybe when we were younger. I mean, unless you have a memory of when we were teenagers that was very funny, but do you have a memory that sparks... Oh, um, well, there's probably many as you're growing up, but I think probably the earliest one um, is when your brother, Murray, Mm -hmm. was, um, he was about four weeks old. Mm -hmm. So newborn, new parents, getting used to it for the first time. Um, We were going okay. Um, The usual tiredness. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one night I went to, to bed and your dad said, look, let me settle him for the night. Um, so I willingly went off to bed knowing that I'd be waking up <laughs> doing two or three feeds through the night. And I slept and I slept. And then uh, come about oh, 6.30 in the morning, mm. I woke. You wouldn't have known yourself. <laughs> well, I was, my first thought was, Jesus, my What's happened? boobs hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they were full. And then I realised that I hadn't been up all night Mm. and it was light outside Mm. and then I really freaked Mm. um, because obviously I hadn't got up all night Mm. and that was the first time since having had him that I hadn't. So I dashed out the bedroom Mm. and there on the lounge room, um, the couch, was your dad Mm -hmm. fast asleep lying flat on the couch Mm -hmm. with Murray on top of his chest. Mm -hmm fast asleep Mm -hmm. and that's where they'd slept all night like that so your dad had his arms around Murray as a little four week old Mm. and they'd slept so soundly all night Mm -hmm. that he hadn't woken up and obviously the warmth of your dad and the heartbeat probably kept Murray asleep (laughs) and he'd also done a poo nice. and it was basically all the way down your dad's (laughs) top and on the couch and it was just it was just a I guess it was a wonderful sight. It was an amazing sight, mm. but it was also very, very funny. Yeah, of course. And um, the reason he'd done that 
is um, unbeknown to me is my mum and dad were coming, had come, right. landed from England. Right. And they'd spent the night with your other nan and pop mm-hmm. and then they arrived at nine o'clock in the morning. So we literally just cleaned the couch <laughs> and then your nan and pop from England arrived to surprise me. So <laughs> it was it was probably the first funny, wonderful moment mm. um, that I remember. Mm, that runny newborn <laughs> poop. Oh, yes. How is yes. dad with poo? Because Josh is like, he's got this... And it's definitely he can't help it, but he has a full gag reflex. He really struggles to change pooey diapers. Yeah, and no, no issues. Didn't, didn't yeah, no, him. he was he was really good. He was more than happy to, whether it was because we'd had, you know, several dogs by that time and he grew up around animals yeah. and just used to, you know, farmyards and things and getting dirty. But yeah, no problem. Well, when it's your own, you cope better. Yeah, I mean, I thought that and Josh just hasn't quite got over that hurdle yet, but we'll see how he goes. Um, so speaking of Murray, mm-hmm. we'll start from the beginning because he was your firstborn. Mm-hmm. Favourite child. Um, favourite son. <laughs> um, You're my favourite daughter. Thanks. Oh, that's that's lovely. I'm, I'm her only daughter for those who don't know. Um, so how do you know you guys were ready to have a baby and were you, were you actively trying? Um. We, I guess we didn't sort of sit down and go, right, mm. you know, let's have a child. Mm. I think we'd both got to that point um, where we were comfortable that it, it, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. We weren't um, actively trying not to. Um, so, you know, I'd come off the pill mm. and, but we really had no idea how long it was going to take. So we hadn't sort of got a set plan as to, mm. right, this is when we want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. We just knew we wanted to have children. So mm. we were happy for it to happen any, at any point mm. from then onwards. Mm. And how old were you when you got pregnant with Mary? I was 24 and had him at 25. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? Um, it was, oh, look, it was joyful. Um, how I found out was because I had a very, um, my cycle wasn't very consistent Mm -hmm. at the best of times. So I certainly didn't, you know, when my period didn't come when it was due, my first thought wasn't, oh, am I pregnant? Yeah, right. Um, and I'd sort of expected it to take longer than it did. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was only really a couple of months Mm -hmm. that we'd Mm -hmm. been off the pill Mm -hmm. and we were pregnant. Mm. So, um, the, the feeling I guess was, was, was joyful. Um, and probably very shortly after I, um, you know, realized we were pregnant, Mm -hmm. um, was when I, that sort of tiredness really hit me. Yeah. So, but it was, I mean, it was all, it was all good. It was all, all wonderful. And we were just sort of, I guess, really surprised and amazed that it happened so quickly. Mm. We were the first in our group of friends Mm. to have children. So it wasn't that we were sort of surrounded by people who had children Mm. or knew lots of stories, Mm. you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, So it just sort of was, it was just quite, yeah happy that, okay, all right, well, we've got over that first hurdle of actually being able to have a baby and conceiving. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was nice. It was lovely. Mm. Did you, did you like take a test and then find out and then tell dad or did you do it together or like, how did it kind of, um, do you remember? I don't really remember the details and that sounds terrible, isn't it? Cause it's your first one. And that's why I'm going to say to you, write it down in a book because you'll get to a stage where it all blurs. Um, I think, 
when I first suspected it was because I was feeling a bit different Mm. in my body, you know, it's a little bit sore in the boobs and yeah, just, just felt a little bit different. Mm. And I think I sort of said to daddy, oh, maybe I am. Mm. Um, We got, we bought a test. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember that much. Um, And that came up positive. Mm. Um, but it was almost like, okay, we, we better just go and get the real, real thing done. But I think by that stage I was pretty confident because I could feel changes Mm. in my body. Mm. Um, I can't remember exactly how far I was, but as I said, it wasn't, it was, it was potentially around that six, seven weeks because Mm. I, because of my inconsistency in my period, I didn't, Mm. that Mm. wasn't the flag for me. Mm. You mentioned you were the first in your group of friends. So I feel like because we were the same, there was so much that I just didn't really know about. Um, I didn't ever think to really ask the question until it was I was right in it <laughs> and it was happening. So there was a lot I didn't know about pregnancy and birth and everything like that. Did you read up much? Um, one book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I guess in those days, like, like really surfing the internet really wasn't no. a thing. Yeah. Um, yes, we had a computer. Yes, I had a mobile phone, but not a phone that you could take no. photos or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. You certainly didn't search the internet. Um, so what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah. That was the traditional book. Um, so that was the book I was reading and I, I, I tended to just read it, the chapter as I was approaching it. Mm. Um, I, I, it was almost like I just wanted to enjoy the moment. Mm. I didn't really want to get overloaded with information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that was my way. It was just sort of, okay, I just want to see what's happening as it's happening. Mm. Um, so that was my main source mm. of, of information really. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, obviously I've heard my and mine and Murray's birth stories, mm. but I remember you telling me that when it came to Murray's birth, which I'll get you to chat through in a second, because he was early, mm. don't think you were at that point in the in the book quite yet. No, so you didn't really know what to say. No, I hadn't read that chapter. <laughs> do you want to talk through Murray's birth story? Um, I certainly can do. <laughs> um, so um, I had been working mm-hmm. um, all the way through the pregnancy. I was fortunate to be very well through mm. my pregnancy. Um, and I wasn't particularly big either. I mean, the, the day I was finishing work, people just assumed I was going on, you know, short leave. Mm. They didn't actually realise I was pregnant. <laughs> I felt I was very obviously pregnant, but nonetheless. Um, and that was about four, um, four and a half weeks prior to my due date mm-hmm. that I finished work. Mm-hmm. And we decided to get a last minute camping trip in because we always loved going up to the Murray. Mm. So we did a camping trip with two other friends, uh, couples, um, on this in the state forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so tents, and mm-hmm. you know, you basically um, got the trees and the river around you. <laughs> yeah. So we got up there on the Friday night, set up our tents, um, had the Saturday relaxing, and then Saturday night we went and had a meal, Chinese, <laughs> and got back to the campsite, went to sleep. And one thirty in the morning, I woke with an over, I, I felt like I needed to go to the toilet. Right. So I got up and I went to the toilet and then I came back and I thought, oh, obviously I didn't, didn't go enough. I'm still <laughs> going a little bit, little unbeknown to me. That was my waters yeah, actually right. broken, but it was just like a little trickle. Yeah. Nothing more. Um, and then I laid there for about half an hour because my 
tummy felt a bit cramping and I just, I was blaming it on the Chinese meal. <laughs> um, didn't really think otherwise. Mm. And then when your daddy, daddy woke and sort of asked me what I was doing because I had a torchlight and I was trying to read this chapter, chapter about, you know, going into labour <laughs> just to see if some of the things I was feeling, this like cramping in my tummy yeah. and a little trickle of water and yeah. anyway. Um, we walked around the campsite for about an hour, um, just sort of trying to relax. And that's when daddy realized that oh, every time you bend over and just sort of pause and hold your breath a bit, it's pretty consistent mm. about every three and a half minutes. <laughs> so that's when we decided we'd better make our way into the hospital. So that was Yarrawonga. So we drove the 20 minutes into hospital, uh, got to the country hospital in Yarrawonga and they admitted me um, and within 20 minutes, they said, look, you're eight centimetres dilated, this baby's coming. And in my mind, I wasn't feeling any contractions. I just had a bit of stomach cramp. Um, so I had about a few minutes panic. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 this is not happening here. I'm, in, I'm booked into Melbourne. Yeah. I need to get back to Melbourne. And of course, they said, look, you're not going anywhere. If yeah. we put you in an ambulance, it's going to be born in the ambulance. <laughs> so once I got over that initial shock, um, then you know, he was born reasonably quickly mm. after that. Um, but yeah, I really didn't know what was going on. Mm. Um, it all happened very, very quickly. Mm. Um, but I think the biggest thing was, um, and with your birth as well, um, I was getting a little bit of stomach cramping, mm. but it wasn't, I was having contractions because they were telling me I was having them, but I couldn't actually feel the contractions. So many women would be listening to this being like, oh my God, <laughs> Which is you. great. So, but it, but it sort of messes with your head in yeah. a way because yeah. I was thinking, no, this isn't, it yeah. can't be happening. I mm. can't be delivering this baby. I, I don't feel like there was another person delivering in the room next to me and I could hear <laughs> you know, the, the noise that she was making. And I thought, I don't even feel like I could, Mm. I'm nowhere near wanting to make that noise Mm. so this baby's not coming but unbeknown to me (laughs) he did and in fact his head was out before I realized and when I did feel something I sort of said what was that he said oh that's his shoulder coming out (laughs) and my response was what about his head (laughs) and the head was already out so it was a really you know I had a very positive positive um story to tell mm. and yours was even quicker yeah um with you and probably more chill second time around as in like um, you might I have sort been of a bit knew more. what I what I was yeah. doing and I must admit the the doctor obstetrician, obstetrician yeah. um was guiding me a lot better yeah, whereas okay. unfortunately at Yarrawonga the doctor had been pulled out of bed because the other doctor was already delivering another baby <laughs> so I don't think he was too happy about that and they and didn't course, deliver many babies wasn't it like four that 40, year no 40 oh, a year 40, 40 a year <laughs> And so there was two of us in the ward yeah. um, who'd had babies. Um, yeah, the second time around, they were very similar in many ways, but I sort of, I was more at ease. I knew what was happening. Mm. I mean, yours, my water broke at 8.30 in the morning and you were born at 12.20. <laughs> yeah. Dream labour. Yeah. I mean, a, a <laughs> you can pregnancy. see why I wasn't yeah. so scared about labour coming up with those two <laughs> stories. I was like, hopefully it's genetic. <laughs> as well as being the first in your group of friends, um, you also didn't have your mum around. Mm. So for for me personally, you've been a massive help um, in many ways throughout both my pregnancy, through birth, through Harvey being a newborn. And no, you haven't been able to be as hands-on as obviously we both would have hoped for because of COVID and the restrictions, but you've still been a huge support. And I know 
moving forward once, you know, restrictions of AIDS and everything like that, you will be a huge support. And I couldn't imagine doing it without you. So your mum and your dad and your whole family, originally being from England, were on the other side of the world. What was that like for you? I guess I didn't know any different. Mm. So um, I I mean, you just, you just work with what you've got. Mm. Um, and I, being the first in our group of friends, you know, we didn't know anybody else with a baby. Mm. So we hadn't been around babies. Um, I'd come from a big family, but I was the youngest. Mm. And when I left England was when my brothers and sisters started to sort of really have their families. Mm. So I hadn't been around many babies at all. So I, I guess it's, I mean, it would love be, have been lovely mm. to have mum mm. and dad around, mm. obviously. But my thought was always more, it would have been lovely to have them around for the sake of you and Murray having mm, another mm. nana and grandpa around mm. as well. So I, I guess it probably helped just not knowing knowing it Any differently. Different. Yeah. And because you were both reasonably good babies mm. and because daddy was very involved, mm. you know, you, you never, we never really felt alone mm. um, in that time. Mm. So um, didn't dwell Mm. on the fact. It was more that what they were missing out on and what you were missing out on as being grandchildren mm. as opposed to, um, you know, feeling that I just, you know, would have wanted her around for other reasons. Yeah, of course. Mm. And I think you've you've spoken so highly to me about your experience with your mother's group. Mm. Maybe talk to that a little bit because I feel like, mm. you know, so many people uh, I get the question all the time, like, are you going to go to your mother's group? Or like, did you end up going to your mother's group? And it's like, a, do you, do you not? Um, and for you, as you said, the first in your group of friends. So what was mother's like for you? Oh, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was a lifesaver for, for us because we didn't really know much and we were just navigating our way through this mm. being a parent and having a baby. And it was something we couldn't, you know, our friends couldn't really relate to because mm. they hadn't. Um, so for me, I think in particular, because I'd only been in Australia for about five years. Mm -hmm. So daddy and I married in England and then came straight back here. So daddy had his immediate family, but, um, I was just sort of, I was his wife yeah, and came into a friendship group, which was predominantly his. So this was the first time other than my work colleagues, mm. um, this was the first time I got an opportunity to make friends mm. Your own friends? My own friends mm. as opposed to friends because I'd married daddy. Mm. So it was wonderful and we just all clicked mm. and there was a real range of ages mm -hmm. um, and in terms of babies as well, the eldest had been born in December. Mm -hmm. Murray was born in March. March and then there was a baby in April. So we had quite a range of ages. So it was, it was lovely because mm. it, that was, they were, you know, I didn't have to read books mm. because I we lived it and experienced it. So we met two times at the health centre mm. and then if we wanted to continue catching up, it had to be at our own homes mm -hmm. and we took that up, mm. all of us. So there was eight of us in the core group mm. and we're core group of, of six now, mm. really, really close mm -hmm. and, um, you know, catch up regularly and we've mm. gone away for weekends. 30 years and on. Long days, yes. Um, and it's been wonderful. They're, mm. they're very close friends and we were able to share each other's experiences, our ups and downs, mm. um, our, our fears, mm. um, our joyous moments. And I think what was brilliant as well is just very quickly it taught me how 
every child's different mm-hmm. um, and parents parent differently Yeah, and that's okay. Mm. And what works for one is not going to work for another. Mm. So we had the whole, you know, the whole gambit from mm. the little baby that would sit there and just smile and not move to the, the, the little baby that literally was <laughs> crawling up curtains, um, you know, before it could walk. Mm. Um, so it was, it was wonderful and really developed some strong friendships that, um, you know, 30 years later, we're mm. still going strong. Mm. It's that strong community. I think I've found that um, I've made some close friends through honestly just having that that bonded us together that, you know, we were pregnant at the same time and we had mm. babies around the same time. And, you know, they're people that I might have known before, but it's just like this weird thing that you have in common with someone that just mm. suddenly binds you together. Um, yeah. But, and it is, it's like, you know, obviously I have my beautiful close friends are still my closest friends, mm. um, but they just can't, as you said, they just can't relate. Yeah. If they haven't had a baby, you just different stages. And, and I've learned that too. Like even mm. through having Harvey, there's so much I didn't know. And there's so much that I wouldn't have mm. thought to do or say to mm. new mums because I'd never been through it. So, um, I think that's, I mean, that's the whole reason we started the kick bump Facebook community because we wanted, you know, a safe space and a community if if you don't have many friends that are mums and Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful to see everyone reaching out on there and asking for advice or saying that, oh, I found this and it's really great. And so I just wanted to shout it out to you guys. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, No, I think it's, it's, it's brilliant and it's just a, and it's evolved, Mm. um, you know, and there's not always the opportunity to meet it's it's a lonely it can be a really lonely thing mm. like mm. motherhood as well like, I mean you know there's a lot of women whose partner has to go back to work and and is pretty busy at work and then yep. especially with COVID they haven't had their family come and help or yep. even have a sitter and it's a lonely thing absolutely. to go through so communities absolutely everything Mm. So if you're listening to this, by the way, <laughs> and you weren't aware that we had a kick bump Facebook community, make sure you do check it out. Um, one thing that we often speak about is I think, you know, when I had Harvey and I was buying all these like gadgets and sleep aids and stuff, you, you were so fascinated by it all because, you know, like, what was it like? What was parenting like mm. when you had Murray and I, what did you use then when it came to things like sleep or settling or anything like that. Mm. And I, I suppose what are the huge differentiators that you see now mm. with parents now? Um, well, we certainly didn't have all of the gadgets that you have nowadays. Um, Did you have a monitor? No. Yeah. Okay. Whether they were available or not, I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. And if they were, I'm sure it was probably just a radio. Very, yeah, yeah. Yes. It probably would have been like a little speaker on a radio yeah. where you could hear if they spoke or, or made made a noise. Um, but we didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember it being a conscious decision. Mm. I think at the time we were in quite a small house, so it was quite easy to yeah. hear if a if a baby had woken up. So look, I think it's amazing in a way the technology that you've got now. There's so much more information out there. Mm. But no, I guess strip it all back to the fundamentals mm. and at the end of the day, you know, it's um, you just want to make sure that you're you're feeding and that they're sleeping mm. and that you're, um, you know, that awake time, you're um, keeping them active. Mm. Um, so it was that sort of fundamentals that are still there mm. but you have all this technology around mm. to help as well. Mm. Um so it's, I mean, I think, I think the technology is a wonderful thing, but mm. it is essential. No, mm. um, does it probably provide parents 
um, with a bit more of a safety net. I mean, like the monitor is absolutely amazing mm. that you've got. Mm. And apart from being able to, you know, record his sleep and see how he's going, mm. um, it, you know, it's just that that reassurance of mm. knowing that, you know, if it gets too hot, if mm. he rolls over, mm. he stops breathing. Mm. Um, I suppose they're things I, as a parent, I can't remember now reflecting back mm. and being really fearful. Yep. But I think that was probably also being the first naive. in my group and very yeah. naive. Mm. I didn't really know about a lot of those things Which that happen. Probably not a bad thing. Probably wasn't a bad yeah. thing, but you, you sort of, you know, it, it's almost like when you when you give birth, you sort of think, "My God, how on earth is the body? Can the body do that?" Mm. As in, produce this baby, mm. um, you know, develop this baby, and you just think this is absolutely incredible. Mm. And then every stage of life, you know, you, you, you get to toddler stage and you mm. think, geez, how did you survive yeah. that infancy? And then as a toddler, you move on um, to, you know, an adolescence, mm. geez, every chapter can be a challenge. Mm. Um, and, you know, then you sort of start to learn more and you hear things that have happened for other people and you just sort of realise how precious, mm. you know, this little human being is mm. and how many things potentially can go wrong. And you've just got to, you know, you've got to work within what you're comfortable with mm. and, and, and reach out when you need that help. Um, so it was, it was, yeah, we sort of had the basics. Yeah. I mean, we were even talking about nappies the other day. Yeah. Oh my God, please talk, and about, talk about this. This is just I think there probably was... <laughs> From memory, mm. and I should Google this, um, I think there probably was disposable, uh, disposable nappies, nappies mm. but they weren't very common mm. and obviously financially mm. um, that was not a very cost-effective mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. I think we probably used them purely if we were going out yep. as you got a little bit older. Yeah. Um, but we use the, you know, the terry toweling cloth nappies and I can't even imagine that. Had, like a terry the buckets, cloth. you know, just soaking <laughs> and yeah. Um and our biggest concern at that time was, you know, pricking you with the the, <laughs> the big safety pin that you use to hold them together. It's just crazy <laughs> to me. It was just crazy to me. But you know, some of the outfits that you've got nowadays, you'd never be able to fit them on with mm. a terry toweling nappy anyway. So it wouldn't be very practical. But um yeah, so that so they were there, but it was really early days mm. in disposables mm. and financially I think that was just, mm. you know, it was just something you you mm. didn't do. If you were at home, you had a washing machine, you got water. Why not? Wow. I would, you would never see Josh doing that, the rinsing <laughs> job, that's for sure. Um, no, it's just, it, yeah. What about a pram and stuff? Did you? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I had beautiful, um, big, I was really keen to do a lot of walking. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was because I was brought up in England, it was more about having a, you know, really traditional pram. Yeah. So we got your traditional Emmalunga. Oh. I don't know if they've still even got them, but they were just your really sturdy, big wheel. Yeah very traditional type prams yeah. and I loved it. Mm. We had them, you know, I used it for both you and Murray. Um, and that that was fun. It was a bit of a hassle to get in and out of the vehicle, but fortunately we had a big a big car. Mm. Um, so it wasn't very practical. Um, but, um, yeah, that we had the pram. Capsules were quite different mm. with what you had in the cars. Mm. You used to put them under blankets and mm. have little pillows yeah. and you'd have the bumpers mm-hmm. around the cots mm-hmm. and all of those sorts of Changed things. So but now, now it's, yeah. it, you know, I guess as, as we've learned and, and research, yeah. 
research and things happen and and that's and that's great. So yeah. that's why I mean I look at it in awe because it is like learning it all over again and yeah. that's why you know some people say to me oh do you know do you feel like you want to keep giving Steph advice as to what she should and shouldn't be doing and I sort of feel like I think she knows more than I do at this point and I'm just <laughs> lapping it all up and and learning mm. um about it so but that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. There, there would be so many differences in um, not just like the gadgets and things that people use, but the way of parenting these days, just because of how much we've learned and, and discovered with, especially around things like SIDS and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like to your point earlier about, you know, going into it naively, if, that, if that's a good or bad thing, it's like you, uh, mm-hmm. one, you want to be educated, you want to know the risks, but at times it is also, you know, don't get too caught up in it all. And like, oh, I think it, I, look, I think it could certainly become so overwhelming. Totally. Um, I, I, I can imagine in that, and mm. you know, particularly because there are so many things out there. Mixed and, messages and, as well. And mixed messages yeah. and, and advice one way or another. Mm. I think I was really fortunate, probably, um, I got sort of more people giving me advice whilst I was pregnant. Yeah, right. Rather than yeah. once I'd had the babies. Mm. And that was probably just more because um, I, I didn't go out seeking that information because yeah. I had my core mother's group yeah. where, where that's where I went if yeah. I needed it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But I also think that there's, like I reckon um, up until recently, a lot of the books and information books and educational books out there were around pregnancy and birth and the focus mm. was on that mm. and, you know, how to look after, you know, a friend or someone who might be going through it mm. rather than, you know, postpartum or yeah. um, looking after a baby itself. Like I yeah. definitely found in and a lot of the stuff that I was reading um, was quite new and new mm. books and it yeah. was all around, you know, I didn't have this when I was pregnant yep. there was a lot you know once I had the baby it was kind of like okay here you go yep. yeah yeah I, I do recall I think the first after giving birth the first book it was um toddler mm-hmm. um and I'm I can't remember the author's name but it was it was more at that toddler age when they're up and about and doing things mm. and then probably um you know as you got into teenage years there mm. was um, a book that I referred to and it was more with with Murray's first child and being being a boy, you know how to grow. I think it's called how to grow good boys into great men, something like that. <laughs> yeah, and it really was a beautiful. I think it's written by a New Zealand um, author, and it really was. It, it, it just about that that change that mm. they go through from you know potentially um, needing needing their dad more than their mum, and, right. and that those sort of phases that mm. kids go through, mm. where they sort of gravitate from one to another. I mean, mm. obviously that's not always. It's very a generalization mm. and not all children have got both parents yeah. around anyway. But, you know, there are times where whether it's a, a father or a mother or an uncle or an mm. auntie or, you know, they gravitate, they need different things as mm. they're growing up mm. from different people. Mm. But yeah, other than that, I there probably was more books out there, but it wasn't something that mm. I I was um, you know, overly curious mm. about. I think if ever I felt stuck or wasn't unsure about something. It was either my mother's group or, or I would go to a doctor and ask a specialist. Mm. What was I like as a baby? Me? You. Yeah, I know. I feel like yeah. you've told me that Murray was angel baby, angel child. No, you were both. <laughs> you you were both really good babies. Mm. Um, and uh, probably up to about six months old, 
you you were were a, you know really happy baby. Um, neither of you were tantrumy babies. Mm, mm. You were really happy, you know, very content, mm. um, very easily sort of cajoled. Um, once you hit six months, through to around about two three, your sleep was shocking. <laughs> So you were wonderful through the day, mm. um, but at night time you just did not want to go to sleep. And um, so many, many nights where Daddy and I were just pacing the hallway trying to get you to sleep and you'd sort of settle when you were with us mm. but not when we put you down. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'd sit there, you know, lay there quite happily in your cot and just making nice um, noises. Um, but other times you would just scream the house down. <laughs> and so it was exhausting. Um, and, you know, I, I just remember through that period, it was wonderful having an older brother being Murray. And mm. I mean, he was only, he was just shy of three years older than you. Mm. But his nature was such that when he was able to, he would actually get you out of your cot in the morning. I mean, Murray was the sort of baby that would stay and wait for you to get him out of his bed or his cot. You were the sort of baby that was rattling the cot and trying to climb out of it at a very young age, even before you could walk. Mm. Um, And so Murray would actually um, pick you out of your cot and take you and sit you in front of the TV, put a little video on appropriate for you, (laughs) make you breakfast and give you breakfast Um, because by that time Daddy and I were just, you know, exhausted (laughs) and finally getting some sleep. So I'm glad I had you around the way I had you around. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part you were really, really good at the sleeping and it was Mm. only really as you got a little bit older um, and we started to get really concerned about it mm. because you just seemed to fear going to sleep mm. that um, it was realised someone put a name to it and you were having night terrors. <sighs> and it was almost as if as soon as we knew what it was, mm. it went. Yeah, right. It stopped. It was, it was bizarre, really. Yeah. You used to share a room with Murray up, up until... Mm. Know, I remember. I'm going to say... Nine, ten. No, we shared a room together. It was really until we put you in your separate bedrooms in Ball. No, because I remember. What about when I started? So when I started school, I was still sharing a room with him. At primary school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and um, he could sleep through anything as soon mm. as his head hit the pillow. He was yeah, asleep, and that was it. And you would be sitting there having your night terrors, screaming <laughs> and crying, and we'd have the lights on, and you'd be blabbering, and he was fast asleep. <laughs> So, um, but, um, yeah, other than that, it was great. But you were, you know, Murray was the child that would empty the Tupperware out of the cupboard Mm. and play with it and then pack it all up neater than it was before he took it out of the cupboard. You were the child that wanted to find out how everything worked and you would break. So all of the dolls, their hair was cut, it was coloured, it was the heads were ripped off. You know, you just wanted you, to destroy you just it. Needed to work out how these things were pulled apart, um, and you were the you know you were the one that wrote on the wall, and but you did it with a smile on your face. It was very hard to. Um, it was very hard not to not to love you. Oh, that's nice to you. Um, coming through like pregnancy and motherhood, we often get uh, slammed with a lot of unsolicited or uncalled for advice. 
Was there anything that you were actually told or learned that you actually found quite useful or do you have advice that you feel like would be useful and not unsolicited that you'd like to share? As I said, I probably had people trying to give me more advice while I was pregnant Mm. and Mm. the funny thing was the people giving me the advice had never been pregnant (laughs) themselves but they'd had a sister or someone who had been. Mm. So I found that really bizarre Mm. because it was almost as if if I wasn't experiencing the pregnancy, things in the pregnancy that they thought I should, then, oh, maybe you should talk to your doctor about that. Something's wrong. Um, I didn't, yeah, I I can't remember being too phased about it at the time Mm. and I think it was probably because I thought, well, you haven't actually been pregnant, Mm. so why this seems a bigger issue for you than it is actually (laughs) for me. And and probably, look, part of my nature is just, relatively, um, you know, content. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not an anxious person. I'm yeah. not a worrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I tend to be more on the, the relaxed side. I do remember um, someone was more about when I went back to work initially. Mm. Um, actually, it applied. It was when I went back to work that I got the advice, but in when I look back, it sort of applied when I was pregnant, when I had Murray mm. whilst I was on maternity leave. And that was at times, you know, you you want to be a super mom and you mm. want to show that you can mm. do this and you can do it all and you're going back to work and, and you know, everything's under control. Um, and, you know, you're setting those expectations on yourself. Nobody else is actually expecting that mm. of you mm-hmm. and nor is anybody judging you they probably are Mm. but But don't worry about it if they are Mm. and it was very very true because I know when I first I had the 12 months off for both of you but when I first went back to work after Murray I was so desperate to go back and be who I was Mm. and do as much as I was Mm. and and you know be seen to be no different Mm. lesser person you know just as capable Mm. Um, and I guess this is going 30 years back. Mm, so mm. this is an era where, you know, often mm. once you fell pregnant and had a baby, mm. you were sort of almost written off for mm. a few years. Mm-hmm. And there was something in me to go, no, actually I'm, you know, I'm well and mm. he's well and I'm doing this and I can do this and I can do those long hours. Mm. And it was a, a, a boss that I was working with at the time and she said, hey, you're doing a wonderful job, but you do know mm. that, you know, you don't need to be coming back in and doing those 10-hour days that you were doing before you mm. went. And it was, it, it took a little while for me to get used to that because mm. I thought I was going to be judged by that, mm. but quickly realised that, no, I'm, I'm in a good company here mm. and I'm with good people mm. and, and they know what I'm capable of doing. Mm. And I found that new new sort of place. But I think also as when I was off on parental leave, I wanted to try and keep things as normal as possible Mm. and still catch up with people. But I had this, you know, baby Mm. and I think there were certainly times where I I sort of, I was trying to do too much. Mm. And um, so my advice um, would be, you know, you just enjoy the moment. Mm. Um, You're going to get advice from a lot of people. Some of it's going to fit and some of it's not. Mm. So I think be open to it, Mm. but don't, everybody and every baby mm. and everyone's experience is different. Mm. So it might have worked for them. It's not necessarily going to work mm. for you. So I think it's being open-minded, mm. but it's also being able to go, trust your well, gun. I'm going to, yeah, trust your gun. Mm. 
even though you go, well, I haven't got experience in this, so I've got to rely on this person because they've got experience. There's still so much intuition. I've been surprised by it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, you know, that's really, really important. Listen to your gut if it doesn't feel right. Mm. Um, you know, reach out and speak to someone else mm. or, or get some professional advice. There's so much out there. Mm. But also don't, you know, if there's too much um, noise, c- noise mm. coming through, just try and strip it back, go back to the to basics. What makes sense for you. Yeah. To what makes sense for you. Mm. And, you know, don't don't put too much pressure um, on yourself. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful advice. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining me, Mum. Thank you. And and just for the note, I think you're doing a fantastic job. I mean, I'm just in awe, (laughs) really am, of both you and Josh, really. Thank you. Because I know you're, it's, well, you do have some friends who've Mm. got babies, but obviously due to COVID, you've Mm. not really even had an opportunity to perhaps spend the time with them that you would have normally. But, um, you know, I think um, you, you work together well and mm. and that's what I had you know with Daddy as well mm. a team albeit mm. it was very different at the time because mm. you know most of the time your partner had to go back yeah, to work and you didn't have paid leave it was all very different mm. but really you know I think you're doing a wonderful job and I'm so looking forward to just having a chance to you know spend more time with you yeah. and give you those you know date nights out where we <laughs> just have Nana the and poppy time yeah. with Harvey yeah yeah Thanks, Mum. Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the first Kick Bump Kick Pod. Um, if you would like to check out our Kick Bump program, you can head to www.keepitcleaner.com or find us in the App Store or Google Play and enjoy a seven-day free trial. You'll find the Kick Bump program in the Wellness Hub of the app. And once you join us, please come and join our Kick Bump private Facebook community. It is a virtual mother's group and it is there for you if you sign up. So make sure you find that. I'll be back, not next week, but the week after with another Kick Bump Kick Pod. And of course, Lawsy and I will be back in your ears on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening.